Pastor Craig Grishel says you could never fulfill your calling in your comfort zone. What we see right from the start of the book of Nehemiah is that God called him outside of his comfort zone to make an incredible impact. And God calls leaders like us to do the same. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey, everyone, I pray that as you continue to serve the Lord and his church, the Lord is giving you joy. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 says, And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I know that God is with you all and empowering you to do his will wherever you are serving in whatever position. And my hope is that you are taking time to acknowledge him and receiving his grace and his strength. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so it is so good to be seeking God with you. So that is what I want you to think of when you come to this podcast. Uh, Let it be an opportunity for you to be in God's presence, to be ministered to, uh, uh, ministered to uh, from his word and from the spirit of God. I'm praying each episode is prophetic in its timing for you as you listen in your life and trust that the Holy Spirit will use his word to bless you. Yes, we're going to be teaching a lot more, uh, at least I am, in this first half of the episode, and then we'll do an interview, the pastor's perspective, with my father, Joe Williams. And this is why I want these episodes more like devotionals and to incorporate not only my experience and insight, but to really saturate it with God's word. Uh, Because we all know that it is God's word that truly encourages and equips us. Uh, Like 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's what I want for you. And so in order to do that, I'm going to just continue to give you God's word and encourage you. And so just pause, Selah, take a break, be refreshed, enjoy these times of Bible study uh, that we have together. The psalmist would say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God gives us this invitation to be still, to experience him. And I pray that I'm a a blessing to you as I share my leadership devotionals. They're not going to be super long Bible studies, which honestly is very hard for me, but I will try my best. I know that we can spend hours on each subject as we cover through these episodes, but I trust that the Holy Spirit will use our time together to teach you what he wants. And in this season, we're introducing a new segment. Like I mentioned before, as we've called the pastor's perspective, where I interview my dad, Pastor Joe Williams, who has 40 years of ministry experience. These interviews will allow us again to just slow down to process each topic together and to receive wisdom and insight Um, from experience. And so today I want to give you some context to the book of Nehemiah. Context. As we look at just the first four verses and cover the topic of context, because context matters. Context matters is what I'm calling this episode. Now let's read this and uh, let me butcher some names for you. Okay. Uh, Verse one through four, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Halkiah or Hadakaliah, one of those. Now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 12th year, as I was in Suda, the citadel. 
And Hananiah, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The remnant there is the providence who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates are destroyed by fire. Nehemiah says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. This just gives us some context to the book. And that's what I I just want us to see and, and give you a little bit of history of the book of Nehemiah so that you know where we're coming from and have the context so we can build a foundation and move forward and learn important leadership principles from him. And so this is the start of an autobiography of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah is a firsthand account of a great leader, a guy doing the work. He would actually build a wall in the city of Jerusalem. Now, at first, this doesn't sound very great. Like you may ask yourself, what's so great about a wall? But it represents people, God's people. And the people in the city at the time weren't in good shape. They had a lot of enemies and no defense because their wall was down. In the time frame, it says, was the month of Chislev in the 12th year as I was in Susa, the citadel. Uh, man, that's a mouthful, right? But basically, it was the 20th year, uh, the, the I said 12th, but the 20th year, um, of the king. It was around year 444 BC. So that's pretty easy to, to listen to memorize and understand, right? 444, 444 BC. Nehemiah was a Jew and he lived in uh, Susa. He wasn't in uh, Jerusalem or Israel. No, the Persians, they were the world leaders at the time and the Jews were exiles. They were under their authority. Many of them had been taken slaves. We're going to see that Nehemiah was a cupbearer. He was a servant. And God allowed all of this to happen. He actually sent Jeremiah to warn them that this would happen. Now, an article I just read and doing a little bit of research and preparing for this episode, an article on why were the Jews exiled by evidenceunseen.com, it says this, the Jews had disobeyed God's law of obeying the Sabbath. They had been in the promised land for roughly 800 years and for 490 years, they disobeyed his Sabbath rest. The Sabbath rest was not only uh, every seventh day, it was also every seventh year. And the Jews were allowed to work the land for six years. But on the seventh year, they had to let the land get rest. God commanded this because the land needs to recuperate, gaining back its minerals. But also, this was an act of trust and obedience to God. The Jews were trusting God's provision by not farming for an entire year. And judgment was promised if they disobeyed God's Sabbath rest in quote uh, man Leviticus 25 2 through 4 Leviticus 26 33 through 35 talks about this uh, s- Sabbath rest of the land and what ended up happening in the nation of Israel is the nation of Israel disobeyed God and like a loving father God disciplined them we have to understand historically not just the date but the context in the heart of the people because this wall has to do with the people of God God promised the Jews that he would kick them out of the land if they disobeyed him and he used the prophet Jeremiah Jeremiah 25 11 through 12 Jeremiah 29 10 through 14 and so um, when they disobeyed God said enough is enough 
Uh, you've done it for 490 years. I'm going to take you out of the land for 70. And so the Babylonian Babylonians um, and the Babylonian kingdom took the Jews captive. And this is where we see in context of the Bible, another book of the Bible is the book of Daniel, Daniel the prophet. He actually would be a contemporary to Jeremiah, and he prayed and believed what Jeremiah would say because Jeremiah was speaking uh, of God from God, Scripture. He would send uh, that God would send uh, back the nation of Israel. Now, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 36, 21 says, To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the hand enjoyed its Sabbath. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. The Bible chronologically shows us God's plan, his purpose, prophecy, disobedience, all this different stuff is going on in the context of Nehemiah. Now, in the book of Zechariah, we see a small remnant go back and rebuild the temple. Daniel's praying for it. Uh, the book of Zechariah starts um, with Zerubbabel, starts uh, documenting this. And we have to understand sin has a price to pay. It wasn't glorious. Uh, the temple was destroyed and they were, they focused on building the temple and it wasn't as glorious in the days of Solomon. But we see in the book of Ezra, the priesthood got established and it was about 13 years before Nehemiah steps in and finds out this information. And so the time frame is that the Jews are starting to go back to the city. They've started to rebuild the temple. The priesthood is getting back. Uh, through Zerubbabel uh, and Ezra, these other books of the Bible, and Zechariah and Ezra. But now we have the book of Nehemiah, and we see that their walls are exposed. Their walls are exposed. This is significant. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Just as it's dangerous for a person to not have self-control, it was dangerous to not have city walls for protection from their enemies. And this is where the Jewish people were at a broken people in need of restoration. So in this book, we're going to see God use Nehemiah to rebuild the wall. I told you we were getting some heavy stuff, some context. It matters, trust me, because this is just another reminder of God's mercy, that he wants to restore people's lives, that he wants to use leaders like you and me to restore and bless people and serve people. Don't forget your leadership gift is a gift to the body of Christ, and we're to build one another up in the common good. Our God is one that restores, redeems, and although the Israelites sinned, God was and he is faithful. So Nehemiah had no idea what the future held, and this situation just came out of nowhere to him. Don't forget that. We're reading it because we know the story. We're probably familiar with all this different stuff and even the history, but Nehemiah was just minding his own business. He was living the good life in Susa, but then he was made aware of a situation. The walls were broken and the people were in shame. And this was a terrible situation, so much so that we see it says he cried, he wept. And you see him writing this book as though he's surprised. This is his autobiography. He's giving the account of this. But here's the truth, and here's where I want you to understand and sort of get this principle as we think about context. God wasn't surprised. God wasn't surprised. God knew exactly what was happening, and this was all a part of his plan. It was a shock to Nehemiah, but God was going to use Nehemiah in this situation. You know, God would say through another prophet, Isaiah 46, 9 through 10, I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish my purpose. Nehemiah's story makes me think 
of our context in 2020. Man, were any of you seeing that coming? It is so it was so hard. It was such an unexpected year. Things changed and shift in culture in the world. Man, it was crazy. And I know many people were taken by surprise by this pandemic, by the issues that came up, political issues, race issues, all these different things. There was a lot of weeping happening in 2020, our context, not only for the whole world, but also for many church leaders. We were navigating through this unexpected trial and how to minister to God's people when we couldn't even meet as God's people and gather. Man, so many people were shocked by COVID-19, but I want to remind you, God wasn't. Isn't that a great truth? God, God isn't surprised. He's the author and finisher, the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He, he actually writes history. He knows what's going on. And just as he would not allow Nehemiah to face this hard situation alone, he doesn't let us face our hard seasons and situations alone. You see, we need to know this context in our cultural moment right now as well as a leader. Because God wants to not only use people like Nehemiah, but he wants to use people like us. God is still on the throne. He's still in control. And we need important reminders of this. It has been appointed by God that we are here right now, leaders in his church. As Acts 17, 26 says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling places. I don't even know where you're listening from this. Maybe you're local, one of my leaders in Delray Beach and Boynton and Boca in this area, South Florida. Or maybe you're listening from a different state or even different nation. God has set you up to be in the boundary that you are in, in the time that you are in. Maybe you're younger than I am. Maybe you're older than I am. God knows all these things. And I'm so happy that even though I don't know, even though I'm speaking into a mic, I'm believing by faith that God knows. Just as God placed Nehemiah in this time of history to lead, I believe through scripture and the power and claiming the promises of God that he has placed you to lead in your moment at this time. And although it may be very uncomfortable to deal with this historical problems and issues that we faced through 2020 and the pandemic things fall things like feel like they're falling apart don't forget that this is a part of your calling pastor craig rochelle says you could never fulfill your calling in your comfort zone i like this reminder i need this reminder because just because it isn't a part of my plan doesn't mean it's not a part of god's plan and he can use all plans all situations for his glory and our good That's what the Bible says. Remember that God knows what context Nehemiah was in and God knows what context we're in. So as we consider the context of Nehemiah, let's not forget our context as well. In our context, God is allowing us to go through this season for a reason. And it is very clear to see this in Nehemiah's autobiography because we have and know the full story. But in our context, we just need to cling to Jesus, trust God, understand he knows our full story and will continue to complete it in us. Just as he started, he conforms us to the image of his son and he wants to use ministry and the hard trials even in our lives to make us more like Christ. And we're going to see this just as Nehemiah writes about the faithfulness of God in this book, about this hard leadership task and calling is given to him. He also is able to encourage us for our unexpected events. This is why I love Romans 15, four. It says, for whatever was written in the former days, speaking of Nehemiah, the scripture, the history in the old Testament was written for our instruction. 
for our equipping so we would learn. This is a a leadership lessons learned podcast. So we want to go back to scripture. We want to go to Nehemiah and make it applicable to us and get the context and, and challenge us and encourage us. And the Bible says that goes that through endurance. So it's going to be hard. And through the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Man, I I pray that your heart is full of hope as we look at these Bible studies, as we jump in and go into uh, these leadership lessons from Nehemiah. Because when it's all said and done, we will be in heaven, able to recall God's faithfulness to us as well from the life that we lived as we followed him. Revelation 5, 13 and 14 says, I have heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. That's the end game. That's the story. It may be a surprise to us right now. We may not know how it's going to go and play out, but we do know the end. I think we're going to be agreeing with these four living creatures, with these elders falling down, worshiping, saying, Amen. To glory be the God. So although leadership may be hard at times and have unexpected moments that even bring tears like Nehemiah is going through, I pray you're reminded of the context that God is with us. This is not the end, and we can worship God by faith today as we follow the call of God with our lives. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, as we just studied the context in the beginning of Nehemiah, uh, why do you, Pastor Joe, think it is important to, to actually study the context of any book of the Bible that you study? Why is context important? Well, context sets the whole stage for the book. Um, if you get the context wrong, you're going to probably be off balance throughout the whole book. That's why when I teach a book, I give an introduction to the book, who it was written to, why, where. Uh, the year was written, the theme of the book. That way people know uh, at the beginning of the book where we're going. So uh, context kind of set the stage for the whole book. Uh, That's why it's good to uh, do background uh, before you teach a book so you can get the proper context. And once people understand the context, I think it kind of tells where you're going throughout the whole book. Now, you said to get do the background background study. Do you have any recommendations on any commentary or people you like to go to to sort of get that background in that context? Well, you know, I listen to Chuck Smith. I listen to, uh, you know, Warren Risby is good. Uh, John McCarthy is good. Uh, David Jeremiah is good. Uh, J. Vernon McGee is good. Everybody have their own favorites, I guess. Uh, I get other people's views. Uh, but you might have your own favorite too. But I think uh, I listen to quite a few uh, pastors teach on it because the Holy Spirit always teaching us. I think we have to be flexible. I don't use everything I read. There are certain things that will stand out. Some things are 
I will use other things I want. I won't use. But that's who I go to. My, that's my favorite ones. But, you know, you might have your favorite ones, too. So, yeah, that's a good idea to actually get maybe a handful of them and to look and see what they say to get context historical. I find some commentators are more um, historical. Others are more application driven. Some mm-hmm. are simpler. Some are very, you know, into the Greek and Hebrew yeah. and yeah. just sort of finding a little bit of what suits you, who you like. Yeah. and putting it together because it is important to find the context yeah. now as you study nehemiah the context is he is writing this book it's like an autobiography and it made me think um what are some autobiographies you have liked and have learned from some people are um in history or uh, just autobiographies and people that you've looked to and learned from and grown from well you know we all you know charles spurgeon you know uh, john wesley you know uh d.l moody and different guys like that uh, Charles Finney, uh, a lot of guys that went in my time, but they were, they still being used today. Uh, I still refer to a lot of those guys because uh, they've taught me a lot over the years. Um, and, you know, they're preaching from experience. So those are just a few of mine, but, you know, well, why is it important uh, and so important to learn from others and their experiences? Obviously, you said it helped you out, and we all have our, again, a handful of people that we can go to in history and experience, but why is it important to just learn from others? I think, I think it can help make you a better teacher, uh, uh, see things from a, a different perspective. Um, I think we all should be teachable. Uh, you know, if it comes from somebody else, uh, if God wants to use that, then, you know, you can quote that person uh, that you're getting it from. You can quote them and let them know that I got this from D.L. Moody. Or I got this from Charles Spurgeon. Uh, you know, I, I got this from Westy or wherever, uh, McGee. Or, but I think we all have to be teachable and we, we can all learn from each other. Uh, you know, I've taught the Gospel of John many times, but... When I hear other people teach it, it's like they bring out things that I didn't see. Uh, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, you can have two or three pastors teach the same book, and it seems like they all teach it a little different. You can always learn little bits and pieces from other people. So we ha- all have to be open and teachable uh, from other pastors, too. So let me ask you a question. Obviously, those are big Bible heroes and people of the faith and commentaries and for teaching. But why is it important for just a Christian to learn from other Christians? Maybe not even a Nehemiah or a person in the Bible, but what about uh, learning from your godly parents or a Bible school teacher or uh, if you're um, beginning in ministry, how important is it to have a mentor and someone you could just go to and learn? And um, Why is that important as well? Not just to look to books, but to look to people. Yeah, it's more personal looking to people, uh, people that you know, people that you trust. Uh, to learn from them the things God has shown them can really shape your ministry and help you, really. I know a lot of people I've learned from, they've shared with me um, many mistakes they've made. And they say, you know, don't do that because I've done it and it didn't work and it's not going to work for you either. So, you know, you haven't got to make, you can't learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to make those same mistakes yourself. 
I think when you go to a mentor, um, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to be honest. They're going to be open. They're going to be transparent. And it's going to help you in your ministry. So it's good to learn and be open, and we have to be teachable and to listen and to apply those things that stands out to you. Some, some things that right away just stands out, and you know that it's by the Spirit of God because it just stands out to you. It's very clear, and you can apply to your ministry. It can make you better. Now, Nehemiah was learning from others, obviously, because he was asking questions. He had a humble spirit and just was asking, hey, what's going on in Jerusalem? And he got a shock, a bombshell. It was terrible. He was surprised. But here's what I want to ask you. Even though Nehemiah was surprised by this information, God wasn't. How important is it in leadership to know that God is in control? Even the things that we, we may not expect or we learn some new information, but we can trust and understand God is in control. How important is that? for leaders to know and to experience and to walk in? Well, if you're going to continue in ministry, uh, you're going to have to believe that God's in control because many times things go south. Many times things come up. uh, Things happen. Trials come. uh, Things you can't explain. You don't know why that happened. You don't know what to do sometimes. But if you really believe that God is in control, you're able to continue without you even understanding what's really going on or what God is really doing. All I could do is just trust him all the way and say, okay, Lord, this is your ministry. These are your people. These are not my people. And I'm just trying to hear from you. And I believe you You got this and you're going to work out something good from it, although it might be negative right now, but it could turn out to something very positive later on. So if you're going to continue in ministry, um, don't, don't think that, um, that ministry is easy because it's not. Things happen that you don't expect. Uh, and those things will, will d- discourage you if you allow them to. I mean, I know people are going through some trials right now, but their faith is strong and they really believe that God is in control and they're going to continue preaching. And I've, I've seen many p- pastors uh, uh it was so negative, but now it's very positive. God has brought them out of that situation. Now they're able to encourage others who are going through that same situation that they went through. So sometimes God teaches us things in our ministry so we can teach others. You don't, you won't live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. You can learn from other people, basically. and You haven't got to go down the same road they went down. You haven't got to make the same mistakes they make. So when people uh, try to help you and to try to avoid some pitfalls, uh, I think we should be open and listen to them because it can save you a lot of uh, heartache. Yeah. And we see here in this first sort of context and beginning of the study of Nehemiah, he really gets his calling. This is what really is happening. He's learning from others the situation, what's going on, and God is really giving him a burden. I have this quote from Craig Rochelle. He said, you never fulfill your calling in your comfort zone. You never fulfill Mm. your calling in your comfort zone. Why, as a leader, do you need to understand this, know this, and get out of your comfort zone and step into faith? He's right. You you will never experience really all God has for you as long as you're in your comfort zone. He, I know we feel comfortable in our comfort zone because we feel like we are in control and we want to be in control, and many times we are not in control. Uh, 
but God wants to get us out of our comfort zone. God wants to stretch us. He wants to stretch us. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place over, you know, year in and year out. We should be growing in the word and faith and prayer. We should be growing in our leadership skills. We should be moving forward. But, you know, to in your comfort zone is, you're right, you, 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 you don't want to step out. You don't want to step out. You don't want to take a step of faith. You don't want to do anything different. In, in your comfort zone, you don't like change. Uh, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit might want to change some things in your church. Or he might want to change some things in you. But you're so set in your ways and your comfort zone that you don't want to, you don't want to change. And I think that can quench the spirit more than anything else. God wants to change something and you're saying, no, no, that's the way it's been for the last 40 years. That's the way it's going to stay. Well, that's wrong. If you're really going to see the hand of God, and I think in these last days, God is going to do a lot of things different. God is going to do a lot of things so different. And we're going to have to be open and we're going to have to be flexible and we're going to have to go with it. Because these are the last days. The signs of the times are upon us right now. And Jesus could come any time. And he's going to do things different. And we got to be flexible. If he wants to change something, then go with it. Go with the Spirit. Go with what he has. Don't, don't say, uh, that's the way it's been and that's the way it's going to stay. No, you got to go with what the God, what the Holy Spirit gives you to change. And there's some things need to be changed. Then we change them. Because uh, in our comfort zone, it's very comfortable. That's why they call it a comfort zone. You don't want it. You don't want anything different. You want it the same way. But I, I believe that in the whole the Holy Spirit wants to change some things, and we have to be open to Him. What He wants to do in our ministries and in our lives. Well, to end, give us one story. Uh, maybe think about a story or a situation that you went through that you're glad you stepped out in faith and got out of your own comfort zone. Maybe you uh, didn't think it would work but you just trusted God or maybe you thought uh, it was easier to do one thing, but you did the hard thing and it proved to, uh, to be good. It could be from COVID-19 season or it could just be from an older situation this season. What's one story that you got for us that we can, that you were glad that you stepped, stepped out of your comfort zone? Well, I'm glad I stepped out of my comfort zone, even to, even to teach, even to be a pastor, you know, uh, that was probably the biggest step of faith that I've ever taken is even to even try it. Because, I, you know, I stepped out and the enemies kept saying it's not going to work. I mean, God can use everybody else, but he can't use you. I mean, look at you. You haven't even been to seminary, man. What do you know? What do you got to tell people? But now when I teach, I can put my experience behind it because now I have experience. At, at the first, I didn't have any. But over 40 years, you have a lot of experience. You've seen a lot of things. And God wants to use those for his glory. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.